This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The dismissal of misconduct charges against Calgary police officers have some calling for changes to how cases against police are investigated. The case follows another incident in which the Crown opted not to lay charges against an officer after a prisoner at the arrest processing unit was injured. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Calgary Herald reporter Bill Kaufman joins me to discuss these incidents, what advocates are calling for, and what police say they're doing to ensure change. Don't forget you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, we're even on Amazon Music now. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So, Bill, in Alberta, questions are being raised over how police discipline cases are being handled. This specifically after two officers in Calgary had misconduct charges dropped in relation to a drunk driving case they investigated. And I want to get into some of the details about how this all kind of fell apart. But first, what was the nature of the case that they investigated? First of all, yeah, there were three of the officers uh, who had their charges dropped. But anyway, what happened was nine years ago, a 21-year-old man driving a Volkswagen Jetta struck a young man and a young woman in a crosswalk on the cloud trail and um, the the both of these individuals were killed and the suspect in this while he was being taken to a hospital in an ambulance actually told the police officer closest to this that was with him that yeah he drank he had drunk a mickey of booze oh jeez in the hours preceding Mm-hmm. And that you know he had been he admitted he had been speeding not he'd been driving ninety kilometers in a sixty kilometer an hour zone, and this was written down by the officer in his notes. Yeah, and yet there was no arrest made, no charges were laid, no charges have ever been laid, and the complainants, some of the family, at least one of the family members, got a hold of this police officer's notes and discovered these discrepancies. And so ultimately, why were charges never laid in this investigation? It seems like it'd be a bit of a slam dunk, right? Like this, you have this offender who in the ambulance is confessing to police that, oh yeah, I was, I was drunk and I was, you know. Yes. What we know so far, and there hasn't been all that much transparency in this case so far, but what we've known so far is that the EMS personnel, the medical personnel who are on this call expressed their view that oh, there's nothing to believe, no, no, no reason to believe that there's alcohol in this guy's system, that he's impaired. And yet there are descriptions in, in the notes of this officer, of this person exhibiting signs of impairment. But it sounds as if it was overruled by what the medical personnel had said, and at least that's what we've been told. Mm-hmm. And I've, obviously this hasn't sat very well at all with the um, family members of these two individuals who were killed. So family of one of the people who were killed brought a complaint forward in relation to this investigation. So what was the nature of the complaint? The complaint was that there should have been an arrest. There should have been charges laid, given what the police knew 
given their suspicions of this person's impairment at the scene. Mm -hmm. They also say that when they pressed police on this, they were told by police that, no, there was no indication of um, impairment. And they, so they feel that they were misled. That's the other prong of this complaint. Basically, the allegations are that they should have laid charges, they didn't lay charges. And so walk me through the disciplinary process here. It's been quite a long time uh, since the initial investigation. So how does it work that the family of someone says, oh, you know, they should have laid charges and they didn't, so I'm going to file a complaint. So what was the allegation that was being investigated against these officers? Well, I think the main allegation was that they should have laid charges in this because of the, the suspicions that existed. I'm really at a loss to, to tell you why it's taken nine years to get to this point where finally the charges are withdrawn against the three officers. One of the individuals actually resigned from the one of the other was another individual named in this who resigned from the force. And that means that puts him outside the jurisdiction of the CPS. And so he can't be sanctioned and they can he can go on to possibly even join another police service with a clean record. Mm -hmm. But there was a hearing almost two months ago into this case and the family members, and this is backed up by emails from CPS, were told that these charges would be withdrawn over the last couple of months they've known. And, but they were also told that there would be an explanation before yesterday's hearing as to why these charges had been withdrawn. This hasn't happened. The, the CPS has said, well, there were just scheduling difficulties. We, we had every intention to explain to them why this has happened the way it has. But it, it just it didn't happen. And now we're being told that on December 6th, the family members and their lawyers will be briefed by a deputy police chief and given an explanation. Will the public ever get the explanation as well as to why the misconduct charges were dropped? We've been told that we will. Yeah. What was the reaction from the victim's families in this? Well, <laughs> anger and um, actually just resignation. They say that they've been through the ringer. They've been through so much disappointment and delay on, in this that this is just um, more of the same. And they, they have, their expectations are very low. Mm -hmm. They're quite cynical. I can understand why it might breed some cynicism in them. And this follows on the heels of another case that you wrote about within the last week as well, about an investigation by the province's police watchdog into an officer's actions prior to a prisoner hitting his head and being injured following his arrest. And ACERT ultimately said that charges should have been laid, but charges were never laid. What was the nature of that case? There was a person who was in a uh arrest processing. He had just been put into a cell. He'd been picked up on outstanding warrants. Mm -hmm. And when he was being served breakfast by a commissioner, he tossed a water bottle at the commissioner, which doused him with some water. And so the CPS officers decided, well, this guy should be moved to his own cell because of his bad behavior. So they began escorting him down a hallway to another cell. And on the way to this second cell, one of the officers who was holding this guy pushed him against a wall and um, held him there for about 15 seconds. And during that time, the detainee went limp. He slumped to the floor and hit his head and he cut his head and he needed 17 stitches. And this person also spent a few days in hospital because of it. Mm -hmm. And he told police that he had been choked out. He, he told investigators to, uh, on this, he started investigators that he'd been choked out. 
and this was denied by two other police witnesses who said, well, we didn't see any evidence of being, him being choked. The officer in question, which is his right, refused to give a statement to ACERT. Mm-hmm. An important point in all this is the spot where this happened in the hallway was where there wasn't full CCTV coverage. And ACERT noted this, and they said, well, the, this police officer had been working in the, in the arrest processing unit for a year, and it's very likely that he knew exactly where these camera angles were. And it's given that this occurred mostly out of a range of CCTV, that it's a real concern. Yeah. And they said that charges could be laid in this case. And they said, well, yeah, there, there are reasons why perhaps it, they wouldn't be, but they could be. And the Crown prosecutors said, well, there's not much likelihood of a conviction on this one, so we're not going to lay charges. Mm-hmm. And that was the ultimate decision. And so Acer decided, yeah, well, that's okay. That's, that's the ultimate decision. Yeah. But Acer said, given their concerns, given Acer's concerns, the Calgary Police Service should check into this. They should really examine this much more closely because also the conduct of this officer he had been accused of something similar in the past, in the recent past, in the same arrest processing unit. So those two factors that he used an off-angle space in the hallway to admonish this prisoner, push him against a wall, and also the fact that he had been accused of a similar incident in the recent past, those two factors should have the CPS looking more closely at this. Even though the Crown has opted not to lay charges, the head of the Alberta Serious Incident Response Team, Sue Hewson, who is now leaving that position, I should note that, suggested that perhaps CPS could look into it in terms of a police act charge, right? Possibly in some kind of disciplinary means, yes. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Now, it's an unrelated police force. It is the Lethbridge Police, you know, for people who are not familiar with where Lethbridge is. We're talking a couple hours south of Calgary. But it's had its own share of issues, including threats of retaliation against an MLA and a reporter who has done reporting on these threats of retaliation against the MLA. But this week, there were two officers on the force who were demoted. What was the nature of the complaints against them? The nature of the complaints against these officers and a few others too, was that they had been sharing memes and the texts and pictures, videos that were extremely derogatory towards the then police chief, the deputy police chief, and others in the force. Some of these officers had been involved in some other misconduct allegations in the past. So there was bad blood between these officers and uh, the top brass. When these memes were found, they were being shared on police issue cell phones. Some of these means involve superimposing the faces of these police brass 
onto um, cartoon characters, for instance, Toy Story characters. <laughs> and um, one of them, the, the deputy chief, whose name was Scott Woods, was, of course, Woody. Yeah. <laughs> and so it seemed that all sounds pretty sophomoric and it's all, you know, it's all pretty much internal. But two of these officers earlier this week were demoted by two ranks, which would cost them $15,000 salary a year for, for one year. This will be for one year. So it'll cost them both about $15,000 in salary. Wow. Another officer is still going to be uh, sanctioned, He's still waiting, and that'll happen in January. Obviously, we're talking about a couple of isolated cases. We have a case involving a police officer at the arrest processing unit. We have a case involving three officers investigating a drunk driving fatality. And then we have some officers in another city. So, we're, I mean, we're not talking about a large portion of Alberta police, but the more cases that we get of these, and, you know, the Lethbridge police itself had to submit a report to the Solicitor General in Alberta to say how they're going to fix some of the problems that they have. It has people suggesting that it's a sign that changes to be made. And I know specifically in relation to this drunk driving case and the misconduct charges being dropped against the three officers that, you know, there's a prominent lawyer in Alberta police critic, Tom Engel, and he's suggesting that Alberta needs to make some pretty big changes. And what kind of things is he talking about? There's been a review of the police act mm -hmm. that has been going on for some time. And I, I believe it's been completed. There's been no action been taken on these recommendations, but one of the things that Angle has said should be done is that, you know, there should be no more police investigating their own members, which is what you're seeing in these cases. Yeah. And he says all misconduct allegations investigated and prosecuted should be prosecuted by a provincial agency that's properly funded and staffed. The hearing should be presided over by non-police officers. The hearing that withdrew the, the charges against these three in this drunk driving case. The presiding officer was an ex-CPS inspector. Mm -hmm. And another thing is you know, criminal prosecution decisions and prosecutions should be handled by special prosecutors who are, you know, publicly transparent with their decisions, and which is something we hadn't seen in this drunk driving non-arrest case. Yeah. And one of the other things is the fact that Alberta is, if not the only, one of the only jurisdictions in the country where if you're one of these police officers accused of misconduct, you can resign before the process plays out and your record is clear. You can join another police service with a clean record. And that's another thing that some people say should be changed. Now, as far as Calgary police goes, though, like these are some more recent examples, but I recall a case not too long ago, it may be a few years ago now, but involved a pretty kind of problematic shooting at a hotel. What happened in that case and were any of the officers held accountable? Okay, now this was a fellow named Anthony Heffernan. He'd been recovering from, you know, substance abuse issues and apparently he had uh, relapsed while he was in this hotel room and hotel staff called police. They showed up at his door. He was acting very strangely. He was not responding. He was, um, and he was holding a, a syringe without a needle in it. One police officer shot at him six times and hit him four times fatally. And an investigation into this led ACERT, the Alberta Serious Incident Response Team that, that, that investigates these kinds of incidents. It led them to tell the, to the Crown prosecutors in Alberta that, yeah, there's plenty enough here to lay charges against this officer. 
And uh, Acer looked at this and they disagreed. There were no charges laid. This was handed back to CPS to do an internal discipline. And But before that could occur, the officer who had fired these fatal shots resigned. So, and again, he was outside the jurisdiction of CPS, so couldn't be sanctioned for this. And of course, you can imagine the parents of this young man, Heffernan, have been just beside themselves with grief and anger over this, what they consider to be a wholly unresolved issue. Some of the other police officers involved are still awaiting some kind of um, internal discipline. So the family members are saying, well, we're, we'll wait to see what happens with them. We'll be following them closely. There's At least there's something there, maybe. But um, they've long lost faith in CPS on this. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, in the justice system, not just CPS, but I mean, there's the Crown Prosecutor's Office. Now, in the wake of that incident, the killing of Anthony Heffernan, did... CPS vow to make any changes? I know that they've gone through a, a change in police chief in the intervening years. Like, What have CPS said about how they do what they do and, and whether incidents like this suggest the need for changes? Well, they say that they've already taken action on some of the recommendations made in this review of the Police Act, that they're going to be shortening the delays in handling these internal investigations And that as far as something like the drunk driving case that we talked about, changes to the law made two years ago will make it easier for them to investigate those those kinds of cases at least. They'll be able to rely on suspicion alone to demand breath or blood samples from these suspects. And they also say that they're going to be more transparent. They're on their way to that now. Family members of the two individuals killed by this drunk driver that wasn't charged by police, they don't have a faith in that because just over the past two months, they say they've been stonewalled as to why charges were withdrawn. CPS say that we've always had every intention to keep these families up to date on what's going on, and they will be informed in the coming days. I know the police have been under more scrutiny in the last couple of years in Canada, especially, you know, in the wake of incidents in the United States, like the killing of George Floyd. People are paying more attention to some of these police matters. It's important reporting. Bill, thanks for your time. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. 10-3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Bill Kaufman. More from him at calgaryherald.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.